everybody, and welcome back yet again to another episode of the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. I am John Arrington, founder of the 100 Series, and we are here with not just one amazing person, but I am bringing aboard here for the first time ever a co-host for the podcast, a good friend of mine, a former co-worker of mine, Katrina Kuning. Katrina, Hello. what's going on? Hey, everything's going on. It's 2021 and things are a madhouse, but we're doing good. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was talking to you uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, you know what? I really would like, you know, just for one time at least to have a co-host, you know, it's always been like me going back and forth with our guests and everything. And that's awesome and all, but I wanted to really kind of change up the dynamic of the podcast and see what it's like to have not just one person you know bouncing out questions but uh, you know bring another mind bring in another person with ideas to kind of you know bring some new things to the conversation table so again katrina thank you again i know you have a extremely busy schedule with your own job and your own family so uh thank you again well thanks for having me juan i just wanted to throw out there i'm always thrilled to do projects with you and it's a real honor to be part of anything 100 series so i'm excited and thank you and um with that, I want to bring in our official guest. He is working with uh, an organization that is helping out artists all around the Quad City area, Quad City Arts. If you may not have heard the name, you've probably heard of Festival of Trees. Well, guess who puts that on? Quad City Arts. And we have one of the people behind that event and with the organization, Kevin Maynard. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Juwan. Thanks for having me. Uh, Katrina, it's great to have you aboard as well. So. Thank you. <laughs> so, Kevin, before we really get into uh, what the organization does, how about you go ahead and just give all the viewers and listeners at home an idea as to exactly who you are and what you do with the organization? Yeah, so my, my name is Kevin Maynard. I'm the executive director of Quad City Arts. Um, my background in the arts as uh, you know, when I was younger, I, I did a lot of performing. I actually grew up here in the Quad Cities, uh, did some performing at Richmond Hill Barn Theater in Geneseo, some at Playcrafters in Moline, a couple other small things. And then uh, when I went to college, I originally thought I was going to school to be an actor. And then I realized that uh, I really don't have the mental capacity for that. Like I have a lot of respect for people who can, you know, not really, you know, can go out there and, and do the auditioning process back to back to back. And you know, uh, be able to travel and, and you know, kind of sometimes not know where their next paycheck's going to be. My, my brain just couldn't do that. So I went almost 180 degrees uh, and I went with an accounting degree and then eventually got an MBA. And I, I finally realized that, you know, somebody out there has to, you know, be the business side of the arts, has to, you know, help be a, someone that I can help provide those opportunities. So I've been able to really combine my two passions together, which is business and the arts, um, to do some of that. So formerly I was at the, the Orpheum Theater in Galesburg, Illinois, working there uh, to do that. And now we're at Quad City Arts. And so Quad City Arts uh, does a, a lot of different things here in the Quad Cities uh, for, for artists and just uh, the community as a whole. And that ranges from you know the performing arts to uh, visual arts and uh, even placemaking here in our community as well. That's so awesome. That's so awesome that you're taking that that background, right? The background that you had in the arts, and now you're really giving back, if if you will, to the community. Like, how how did you get connected with the organization? So honestly, you know, when I was 
I was working in, in Galesburg and I had heard of Quad City Arts because, you know, we were doing some, some presenting and so I'd, I'd heard of them through different agencies of, from different artists that we were both working with. Uh, and I, you know, sort of realized some of the things, you know, while I was growing up here in the Quad Cities, like I, I knew about Festival of Trees, um, you know, so I knew some of the, uh, some of the things that Quad City Arts was doing. But honestly, it was, it was a friend who forwarded me the job description. And uh, at the time, she was actually the, uh, the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce in Galesburg. And she said, I shouldn't be giving you this. But she's like, <laughs> I read this job description. And she said, it's perfect. It's you. And I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, this, these are the things that I've been talking about. Um, you know, my, my passion for the arts, like it all combines at Quad City Arts. And so that's really how I got connected with the organization. And since you've been with the organization, what have been a few of the things that you've seen happen? Yeah. So there's, I guess like the first thing is like really to, to clarify some of the things that the Quad City Arts does. So we, we touched on Festival of Trees and that's sort of like one of the main funding mechanisms. So one of the coolest things about going to Festival of Trees is that every dollar that you spend there, if you purchase a tree, if you buy a ticket to get in, if you purchase something at the gift shop, all of that goes back to Quad City Arts and helps support the arts in our community. Uh, so we also have programs like the Visiting Artist Series, which puts the, the artists uh, into public schools and community sites. And these are artists from from all around the world um, and so part of that program is really designed to expose uh, our, our local students to you know different different cultures different styles of music different genres and really give them that education component and not only you know be able to see that art form but you know see themselves represented on stage and also to be able to have that moment of being able to go oh i can do this this is something that i can do after i get out of school and then we also have our galleries, uh, one in uh, downtown Rock Island, one at the Quad Cities International Airport that showcases regional artists uh, within a 250 mile radius. And so that's an opportunity for, not only for local artists to showcase their work, but ideally we help them sell that work, which helps kind of perpetuate that system where they can get money in and support themselves. And then also, you know, continue to create art in our community. And then we have other programs like uh, Chalk Art Fest and our public sculpture program. And those are things that help put uh, public art into our community, um, you know, kind of give those those uh, placemaking moments where, you know, you can have uh, some really great public art that that showcases your your community's values. And so some of the things that that I've seen in really my short time here, which has been three years, is uh, obviously uh, I've had the joy of uh, navigating a, a global pandemic, uh, which was a you know kind of flipped the entire industry on on, on its head, especially uh, the arts industry. I mean, we were one of the one of the first to completely close down. We've been one of the last to open back up. We were one of the last to get federal funding to help, uh, you know, uh, get back. And arguably, uh, visual artists especially have been hit hard because they, they're part of that gig economy that didn't really have access mm -hmm. to a lot of those funds, especially early on. So, you know, now it's, uh, how, how can we help rebuild that? Um, but the other things that, that we have seen in, in the three years is, uh, a really, I would say, really cool shift here in the Quad Cities. And I think this shift has been happening for a while, um, but it's really taken front and center um, in the past few years. And that is a focus on placemaking and focus on public art. So in the past three years, we've seen, uh, you know, uh, Rock Island's always had a, a, a public art plan. Um, they've had a public art commission that helps uh, put some public art. We've seen um, a really massive public art plan come out of the city of Moline that provides perpetual funding and significant funding towards uh, public art. 
Uh, City of Davenport's doing the same thing uh, as a as a public art and place making plan as well as a, a commission in place. City of Bettendorf has always had uh, some sort of, uh, you know, uh, being able to do like murals and sculptures. So we're seeing this, uh, seeing everything come together where it's becoming more and more important. And more importantly, we're seeing it come together in a way where it's not just, um, you know, I guess like the powers that be or, you know, people like me uh, who, are, who are in these positions where you, know, where you get to, you know, prescribe that art. It's being done in a way where people are, their communities are being asked. So instead of, you know, someone like me coming in and going, here's this art, it's gonna look good here. We're asking the community, what kind of art do you want in your community? What, what are the values that your community holds? Like what kind of artists do you wanna see um, put up here? And so that's the, the, the shift that we're seeing. And I think that that's just, I mean, honestly, like how cool to be a part of that, right. how cool to see that happening uh, in the community that we live because I mean, I, like the joke I always like to make is like, I shouldn't be uh, choosing your public art because I wasn't even allowed to choose the color of my own couch in our house. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so important too, with you mentioned earlier with the pandemic and how the arts was, you know, hit first. And it's funny me when you realize that in some way, like we all consume art in, <laughs> in, in some way or, or in some way or another, right? If it's not, the music we listen to, we're watching something on TV, that's art. Those shows are art. It's all art. So it's incredibly important that we invest because who knows, you know, one of these local artists, they could be, who knows, the next person we see on, you know, TV or on the silver screen or listen to on the radio. Yeah. And I always tell people like the biggest, the reason we need to support the arts, especially right now. And the reason like as, as a country and as like the federal government should be supporting the arts stronger is because a year ago or a couple, uh, yeah, I guess like March of 2020, what was everybody doing? They were consuming podcasts. They were watching Netflix. They were consuming art at a ridiculous level. Uh, and so without supporting those artists, um, you know, it's almost like a slap in the face going like, well, you got us through, you know, the really difficult time of the mm -hmm. pandemic, but now, you know, get back to work. <laughs> so, you know, Kevin, as, as more and more art like becomes public and you get the community involved, hey, what do you want to see here? And just more mediums, like you mentioned chalk and um, the airport uh, displays. Are you seeing more people in the community go, hey, I want to be part of this. I want to, I can do that too, you know, like younger generations kind of wanting to get into it. Yes, yes. So, and that's, and that's, a, that's a really great like, uh, observation, a great point, because now, especially the younger generations, um, a couple things are happening with that. So they're, the younger generations are, are becoming more active uh, in their communities, um, and they want to be involved. Uh, and the other thing, especially with the arts, uh, studies are indicating that, you know, um, millennials and really the, uh, the Gen Z generation um, it's a more important um, for them when choosing a place to live, like public art is becoming part of that decision. I mean, it's not just about, you know, does it have a, a ballpark or does it have a dog park? Does it have, you know, uh, all, the, all the things that people are traditionally looking at um, in places, they're looking at public art and they're looking at access to the arts. So it is becoming more important and we are seeing more people that are, are asking, you know, one, how can I start creating? And two, how can I lend my voice? And, you know, I, sometimes I don't always have the answer for that. Um, but I would encourage people like, 
you know, reach out to us. Um, you can start volunteering with Quad City Arts. You can also reach out to just your local alder, alder people. Like, let them know that you want art in your community. Like, try to get on your public art commission. Um, and I guess the easiest way to do it is, you know, organizations like Renew Moline has done uh, quite a few in the past. Uh, they do focus groups and kind of, uh, I guess, uh, town halls about like what what can happen in a space. Go to those, like get involved with those because, I mean, that's that's the change that we're going to see. And especially with the the younger generation, one of the things that that we're doing at Quad City Arts, we've been doing it for think 21 years now um, is our Metro Arts Youth Apprenticeship Program. And so that's a program that is for students or really young adults ages 15 to 21. Uh, and it pairs them with a lead artist, typically in a group of about 10, uh, where they create some sort of art. Typically it's a public facing art. Um, and and not only does it, you know, pair them with this lead artist to, to learn this art form, uh, you know, expand their uh, their abilities. Uh, it also pays them. Um, it gives them a stipend to create this. So these awesome. uh, projects are are sometimes they're murals. Uh, last year we did uh, two murals. We did a graphic design program where we uh, partnered with Blackhawk College to be able to provide, you know, access to the computers, the the software, and uh, and and really a, a professor to help teach all of that. Um, so the students didn't have to have a, a computer or access or like pay for the Adobe Suite. Um, all of that was was uh, provided for them. We also did poetry uh, and, you know, we've done improv comedy in the past, we've done film. And really the, the really the cool thing, my favorite part of that program um, isn't always the outcomes. It really is, you know, the skills that they're learning and, you know, how to how to communicate with a client as an artist. Uh, and sometimes most importantly, it's that getting paid aspect, you know, learning that that they have a skill and that they should be paid for that skill. And so that's something that we always try to try to tell people and like, get me on my soapbox. Uh, I can tell you why it's important to, to pay an artist. Uh, why yes, you should yes. stop. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I always tell people and an and organization specifically, it's, you know, there's a reason that you reached out to an artist to create that logo, to, uh, you know, write that song, to uh, do whatever. Like it's one, you couldn't do it. Uh, and two, it's because it adds value. So like, let's stop asking artists to do things for exposure and let's pay them for those skills that either you don't have or that, you know, aren't as good. I mean, there's, there's some really incredibly talented artists in, in our community uh, that, you know, have, have had to have what sometimes is an uncomfortable conversation of going, no, I, I am worth more than that. I, I deserve to be compensated for my work. And the, the less artists have to have that conversation, uh, I think the, the better off we are as a community, but I think the more that you know, we as a, an arts advocacy organization has, has done. I think that's so important you mentioned that too with paying the artists because you know, like you're saying, as an artist myself, I get that a lot. Where it's like, you know, they want, you know, the the freebies or maybe just because we're friends that maybe, you know, that they sh they know they, they, they should get it for free. You know, it's like that whole, hey, you're, give me that friend discount. Give me that, give me that family discount, you know, mm -hmm. that, that free, that free 99 or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, I, I can only do so much because like, this is like what I love doing. Mm -hmm. and, but if I'm constantly doing stuff for other people for free, that like diminishes, like, you know, my own passion for, for something that I've put, you know, endless hours into. So that's just one thing to think about whenever, whenever you're asking someone 
to do something for free. You're not just asking them to, to do this, this work, but you're asking them to give their time, give their energy into, into something that, what's the word I'm looking for? That may not mean, and I'm not trying to say that in like the meanest mm. way possible, but, but like for me, like I like doing projects that like I'm passionate about. But if I'm doing something for someone else, you know, I expect, you know, at least deck that compensation in there. Cause that, that's like, that gives me, you know, motivation to actually do that. If I don't have that, that, that link, that motivation, it's like, you know, why, you know, yeah, why, and there's, why would I want? Yeah. And there's also, there's a value component there. I mean, your, your work is, is valued at a certain level. I mean, you value yourself and your time at a certain level. And so when you're asked to, you know, give up those hours for free to, you know, do, do the photography project or, or whatever that may be, uh, that diminishes the value of your work. And so we, as, as an arts organization, uh, we work, we work very hard to, uh, when, when we reach out to artists to, uh, typically a couple things like, you know, as a nonprofit, like, obviously, like if you want to donate your skills, like we will let you. Um, but we also are very firm to say that, if, if Quad City Arts isn't your, your passion or isn't the organization that, that you want to donate to, um, you shouldn't have to. Like, we would never ask you to do that. But if, say, you know, we come to you and we're like, hey, we want you to do this project and, you know, we can do X amount of budget. And the person was like, we'd like to, to donate those skills because we value what you do in the community. And this is a way that we can give to you. Obviously, we're going to say yes. But we never enter into that conversation with that component of being able to go, uh, well, hey, uh, you know, so-and-so, you're really good at this skill. Would you do that for us for free? Because one, uh, it's pretty hypocritical of us to tell people to pay artists when we're not willing to pay artists. Um, but also it just, you know, perpetuates that conversation of just telling people like, you are worth that. Um, we've, we came to you because we value that skill. Uh, and that's what we want to have represented on whatever project we're working on. And honestly, I, I just, I always think that the more that we can do that on an artist's behalf, the more that they can understand and really drive home that they also have value. Um, because I have to imagine being asked to continually do stuff for free um, can can sometimes be demeaning and sort of diminish that value component of, of what artists are doing. Exactly that. It. And you also can't pay bills with exposure. <laughs> yes. That's right. Quad City Arts is taking down the uh, poor starving artist stereotype. We, we don't want any more poor starving artists. We, we want successful artists. <laughs> that's right. That, that's the goal. And, and Jawad, you're exactly right. I always tell people like, you know, uh, we want artists to be able to do work. We also want them to eat. So <laughs> that's cool stuff that you're doing those types of programs as well, because like I said at the beginning of the podcast that when you think of Quad City Arts, you might, or you might just connect that with the Festival of Trees, but people don't see that. You, have, you do all these different teaching programs as well with sitting down with artists and teaching them, hey, if you want to succeed as an artist in your field, well, here's the roadmap for you. I love that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little uh, a preview of, of, of what's to come in, in 2022. So uh, we have uh, recently found a funder who, who wishes to remain anonymous, uh, has, has reached out to us and we've built a program uh, with them. So one of those aspects is uh, last week uh, we launched uh, Arts Dollars. And so Arts Dollars is, is a program that we run every year and it's a re-granting program. So our tagline is, you know, we fill out the big grants so you don't have to. Uh, so we, we go to larger funders to be able to 
um, basically fund art projects. So in the past and this year as well, uh, arts dollars will fund uh, projects in, in, well, it will fund three categories. One, uh, capacity building for, for, uh, for nonprofit arts organizations. And so those will be things like, you know, uh, if, you know, hiring a facilitator for a strategic plan or um, hiring a grant writer or buying some technology, those kind of things. The other ones are projects and or project uh, grants and education grants. So uh, projects that include, you know, maybe it's a mural project or a sculpture project or, you know, and then it could be a, an education project like teaching, using the dollars to teach students um, an art form or provide art therapy or, you know, all of those kind of things. And so for organizations, that's a, that's a grant of up to $5,000. If an individual artist has a, a project that they want to work on in, in any genre, um, it's up to 2,500. And that's actually an increase from last year. It was 1,500. We've been able to increase that to 2,500 this year. That's but, awesome. Yeah, but this year, and this is something I'm really excited about, what the funders are very passionate about visual artists and so and, okay. and activating the visual artist community. So this year, this funder has, uh, we're launching a, a brand new grant for visual artists. And it is a $5,000 grant uh, for wow. visual artists. The, the cooler parts of that grant is obviously like the money's great, um, but kind of the progressive approach is that 20% of that, so $1,000, um, can be allocated to strictly paying the artist. Uh, so that doesn't have to go towards any project funds or materials or anything. 20% can just be, my time's valuable, here's $1,000. The other 4,000 can go towards just about anything. Uh, we've written the grant and written the questions in a way to ask you, like, what could $5,000 do for you? Mm -hmm. um, how can that progress your, your uh, business or your artistry forward? Okay. And so that 4000 can be equipment. Uh, maybe it's rent on a space. Maybe it's a uh, framing for artwork. Maybe it's, uh, you know, really a new website, e-commerce, whatever that is. Like, that's up to the artist. And so that is uh, one I was like, how how cool like that's essentially telling an artist like oh you need operating funds yeah here's five thousand dollars here's five thousand dollars in operating but the cool part is it doesn't stop there because we're giving first access to those visual artists to uh a workshop series that we're bringing in um, next next year and so that workshop these are they're professional development workshops that are designed and geared towards artists um they're not you know, technically for businesses there, but they're designed, they're, they're for artists. It's uh, some of those things are going to be like um, how to, how to do your e-commerce platform, best practices in marketing, creating a portfolio, um, the things that, that artists need to know. And so we're, that'll be split out over four sessions throughout uh, 2022. And it's something that we plan to continue on in the future. And that those programs um, will be offered first to those uh, visual artist grants. And then they will open up to uh, the rest of the community. Um, so, you know, if uh, that way these visual artists are, they're, they're getting capital um, and they're also getting that education component. And then that education component will also be available um, to others in our community as well, which uh, we haven't, uh, we haven't narrowed down the, the timeline. Um, we know who we, we, we've, we've identified, you know, who's going to be running those. Um, we're working with, with a company who is, again, they've literally designed these, or artists, so they're they're all artist uh, driven, uh, and so we just haven't figured out the timeline. But in early 2022, we will be rolling that announcement out, which I think is 
I'm just I'm I'm super excited about it. Because, I'm excited for that. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm gonna have to put in an application for oh that. Oh my god, come on, please do. Uh, you know, it's I I want to see as many visual artists as possible uh, apply for this because honestly, if you know, if if we can show a, a, an interest and a need that just helps in is us in the future. Obviously, there's there's a good chance we won't be able to, uh, you know, fund all of the visual artists that that apply. But if we can, you know, let this funder know and let other funders know, like, there's a need, there's an interest in this community, like, we can help try to find the dollars to continue something like this. Because, I mean, honestly, I always tell people, like, when I talk about this is that, like, as a, as a nonprofit executive director, we're constantly asking funders to just give us operating dollars. Like, hey, you like, you like Quad City Arts, like, let us determine what those dollars go towards. Like, obviously, we... We're, you believe that we're good at what we're doing. Um, but then, you know, at the same time, we, we turn around and we tell artists, well, maybe you shouldn't be able to pay yourself with these dollars, but we'll give you these dollars to create a project that maybe you can sell for money. Um, but this time we're able to go, here's $5,000. Here's $1,000 to pay yourself and here's $4,000 to progress your business. It's, it's essentially operating funds. Wow. No. Wow. So like someone could be, hypothetically speaking, someone could say they could be working on a short film and this grant could go, could go towards that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Joanne, I see a twinkle in your eyes. <laughs> You've got going on. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. So, and I, I, I have to do the, my, my disclaimer, uh, because of my position at Quad City Arts, I don't actually sit on the panel. Nobody at Quad City Arts, like our staff doesn't sit on the panel. Um, so these are, these are decisions that are uh, recommendations, I guess, are, are by a, a panel that, that we aim to be uh, both like really just a, a, a diverse panel of, of, of people um, to choose that. But so it's a really I, don't, I don't sit on that. So yeah, I, and honestly, it would, it would, I think it'd be more difficult if I was on that panel because I, there's some like a lot of these organizations, a lot of these artists, uh, especially over the last three years, like I've, I've gotten to know. And so, yeah. you know, how do you I mean, it's, you know, how do you how do you choose your friends? You're like, oh, well, if I don't if this one gets this like I have to turn this one now. It's a it'd be it'd be too much. It'd, it'd too be much too bias. hard. Yeah. And it'd be and it'd just be hard for my heart. Yeah, I don't envy <laughs> the panel. I mean, there's so much talent in this community everywhere you look you know, how could you choose? So yeah, and that is actually one of the kind of the, the cool things is that our arts dollars administrator, um, she gets to sit in on that panel discussion to sort of kind of make sure it progresses along, and we're getting the, the things we need. But it is like that is the conversation. It's going, man, if only we had an extra, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, we could fund all of these people. Uh, mm -hmm. Because they're, they're all deserving. And we want to have them all happen. We just we're we're limited we're limited on the capital that we can give out as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and and when does that um, program go live, or when can people start applying for that? Today. Yep. Cool. Just uh, quadcityarts.com. Um, I think it's uh, quadcityarts.com/arts-dollars. Um, but if you just go to quadcityarts.com, there you can find it uh, right on our website there. Uh, the grant itself, everything is due on January 31st, so a, a little over a month. And I will say that, you know, for some pre people who have done a lot of grants, um, it seems like a tight turnaround. Um, it's, it's a really simple grant application. We, we strive to make it as easy as possible. And honestly, you know, <clears throat> some of the questions that, uh, that maybe add to the length of that, 
those are mostly things we need for final reports. Um, if it were up to us, we'd it'd be just a simple one page, <laughs> a couple samples, and we're good to go. So plus, it so sounds what? like it could be a pretty competitive um, award. So got to keep that window kind of tight, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's yeah, that's that's another a great point and a, something that helps to do. But you know, honestly, I would tell but like. Uh, anybody listening, uh, tell your friends. I'd encourage both of you, tell your friends. I mean, we we want to be able to fund really cool projects and really cool artists. And the more people that that apply, um, you know, the more the more conversation our grant panel gets to have and the just honestly, the better outcomes, really. I'm looking forward to this. I'm excited <laughs> personally. Personally, I'm excited because like, like I said before, hypothetically speaking, there might be something in the works, but Maybe. something like something like that would definitely, definitely, you know, help out. Yeah. So um, what else do you have going on in 2022? Obviously, we're still on the rebound from the pandemic. Festival of Trees came back uh, in November. Mm -hmm. How was that turn out? It was fantastic. We actually surpassed attendance from 2019 and 2019 had really great attendance. Uh, you know, and, and awesome. yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, financially, it was good for us. Attendance wise, it was good for us. It was nice to to see people out and about. Uh, it was honestly, it was it, it was good to be back. It was really good to to see the parade back in downtown Davenport. We had just amazing weather. Uh, so, you know, the bands were mar the marching bands were able to to play and march in the parade. The helium balloons were in the sky. And then the river center was was full afterwards. So, you know, in in, in 2022, uh, we're you know full steam ahead on on another festival of trees. Uh, we're you know it, it sounds crazy that it ended less than a month ago. We've already started talking about uh, what's <laughs> up next year. So uh, that that is an event that uh, we basically live in live in holiday season uh, 12 months out of the year here at Quad City Arts. Uh, but then, you know, we're also looking at, at, a, at some other things. So obviously we talked about arts dollars. We talked about the professional development workshops. Um, we just, or we're, we're wrapping up our strategic plan. And really the, the focus on our strategic plan is uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion initiatives. You know, really focusing on, you know, getting access uh, to our, all of our communities here in the Quad Cities. Um, more, more artists, and that's diversity, not just in, in race, we're talking uh, like mediums and genres of, of art, we're talking age, and we're talking sort of the geographics of, you know, the, the Quad Cities as well, is, you know, to do a, an accurate representation of what our community really is. And that's both in, in audiences and artists. So there's, uh, you know, some things that will, will be coming out of that. And honestly, it's, it's, it's exciting to, to be able to, to wrap up that strategic plan and, and start working forward on that. Um, the Visiting Artist Series is back in public schools um, and back in community sites. It's uh, not as robust as it has been uh, pre-pandemic. Um, as you can imagine, uh, you know, in, in 2019, a 2018-2019 area, you know, the, that program reaches uh, about 30,000 students annually. Um, and that's, you know, and coming into, you know, 21 and 22, it's going to be less than that. But, you know, people are, well, schools and, and parents are, are hesitant to do all school assemblies. And, and we understand. I mean, we, we completely agree. And so those numbers are going to be down, but I don't think that the, the impact is going to be any less on those students that were able to experience those performances. Um, so 
it's been incredible to be to be back in our public schools. It's been incredible to to see students interact with artists and finally be able to um, you know have that experience again. Uh, taking a year off from the visiting artist series was honestly heartbreaking. Um, yeah. You know, just uh, there's you know from well. I think both of you can definitely understand it's uh, it's a different experience on it's a different experience on the screen. I mean, you can watch a band that you love or musicians that you love uh, via a platform like Zoom, um, but it doesn't even come close to to being in the room. And so, yeah. being able to get back to that has uh, has been really great. So true. I was always wondering. So, does the Quad City Arts do they have any hand in like bringing like? other like big artists to the area like as far as like shows or performances or anything like that uh not not so much uh so we we um we we don't really do do things like uh on, on, a, on a large scale with things like um you know the adler army uh the rust belt occasionally we will bring in a a larger name artist um that will do an um that will do some sort of like night performance and we have done a, a few different ones but primarily those artists tend to be in in like the the literary world or the uh, like the jazz world like uh, Nina Freelon um, we, we brought Nina Freelon in a couple of years ago we brought uh, David Henry Huang in who's a, a playwright and author um, wrote uh, and wrote uh, wrote M Butterfly and uh, the book for Tarzan and, and a, a bunch of other things um, but no as far as like um, some large artists I, I will say that that's not something that we haven't looked into um, so there's a possibility that something like that could happen in the future but um, part of that is we want to make sure that anytime that we bring in an artist there is a uh, an outreach component so part okay. of it is just you know making sure that if there is a large name artist that we are looking at that they're also willing to go to a public schools or or willing to do a um you know, uh, some sort of talk to a, a large group of students because that's a that's a very important aspect to our program. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And you mentioned that you have art galleries in the QC Airport and downtown Rock Island, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So, um, talk about those. How do people get involved with getting their their work showcased? Yeah, great question. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up because uh, right now our annual call for entry is also open. Um, it's been open for a few months now, but that one closes on January 9th. Um, so we're, what's that, three weeks, I think, three, four weeks? That's my mom's birthday. Oh, so there you go. So uh, January 9th is uh, the day that uh, it, it'll close. And then, um, so really what we do is uh, we, again, all of this can be found at quadcityarts.com. Uh, you basically go to our website and it will send, it, it's a link to um, a platform called Cafe, which is short for call for entry. Um, a lot of uh, visual artists, a lot of galleries use it. It's just a simplified way to, to apply for uh, a, a show or a gallery like ours. And uh, it, you provide some samples of, of your work, an artist statement, some contact information. And if you have like a, a concept for the, the show that you are um, uh, submitting for if you know if there's maybe there's another artist you want to work with or here's sort of the um, the thinking the artist statement the idea behind this this exhibit um, then you submit all of that and then much like the uh, arts dollars panel it goes to a, a jury um, that again uh, myself and our staff doesn't sit on we kind of curate that jury again trying to focus on a you know a, a diverse panel um, and then it gets you know, sort of a ranked among some different criteria. And then 
it gets uh, chosen that way. And it gets, uh, you know, and then it, the, the other aspect is that once everything's been kind of um, like chosen and ranked, it, they get paired with different artists to, you know, based on medium and, you know, how, how they'll, they'll look together and then they'll get chosen or whether that's going to be at the airport or whether that's going to be in our gallery in downtown Rock Island. And, you know, honestly, uh, you know, sometimes artists are like, well, I don't know that I want to be at, you know, insert whatever gallery there. Uh, but honestly, now all of that information is on our website. So anybody who exhibits at Quad City Arts, their work is for sale on our website at quadcityarts.com. And that was something that, that actually came out of the pandemic, that the pandemic really kind of, uh, uh, we'd had plans to do it, but it really, you know, expedited those plans. And we're finding that the cool thing is that we're shipping, uh, we're shipping art all across the U.S. I mean, for oh, wow. so a lot of Quad City artists are, you know, they're they're being shipped uh, all over, and it's it's just kind of cool to you know get those orders uh, online and be like, oh hey, this one's going to Seattle. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, That's so cool. So, so you said Seattle. Has there been any like internationally at all? I don't think anything international yet, um, but most of it is uh, we do honestly the. Uh, there's there's a lot on the west coast that we sell a lot on the west coast i'm not sure why that is but the artsy side of the country yeah yeah <laughs> so i have a question so i don't know if this is something you guys are involved in but you know around the quad cities there's a lot of really historic murals um you know that that's been there since i was a kid and, and beyond you know some of them are like could use a little restoration do you guys ever go into you know trying to find somebody who could get up on a really tall ladder and repaint somebody's <laughs> face or, you know, help kind of make those bright again? Yeah, so we are actually um, primarily working on, on some, some of those, uh, so, some of that primarily in, in, in Rock Island. Uh, there, are, there are some murals uh, throughout the entire Quad Cities that could use some, some, they could use some love and some attention. And so that's actually something that we are, we are starting to work on or at least assisting um, the cities with and being able to say, you know, this is what this would cost, or this is, you know, some uh, approaches that we can take, and maybe here's some way that we can restore it for a little bit longer than maybe it had lasted in the past. So uh, I will say it's it's something we're working on. Uh, much like uh, everything that we do, it comes down to that that funding aspect. And sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a larger conversation. So when you mention like historical murals, like sometimes, uh, should it be there? Um, and then the other aspect is uh, sometimes they're just uh, other ones are just too far gone. So, you know, instead of repairing it, it just needs to be replaced or taken down. And, you know, then some of them like uh, the Chief Blackhawk in, 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 in Rock Island is a very uh, specific style of, of mural painting. So you've got to find an artist that can um, touch that up in that style. So that sometimes can be a challenge as well. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things that honestly, the, you know, I, I, I've, I've learned a lot in this position um, on public art and, and murals. Uh, my, my background was a lot of, it was mostly like theater based and kind of the, the uh, admin and business side of the arts. And so coming into it, you know, you quickly learn that, oh, uh, sometimes it takes a bit more than just finding the artist and finding the paint. Um, sometimes, you know, there's issues with the building. And so if you don't address the issues with the building, you're just mm -hmm. going to be there, you know, next year making the same repairs to it. Uh, I mean, some of these murals and arts around here are like in such crazy locations. Like I'm just saying very like high, tall, large 
So yes. not only do you need an artist and a really good trip to Hobby Lobby or something, <laughs> you need probably a crew, a safety crew, some kind of harness, I would hope, because oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, most of the time it's uh it's giant lifts. Um and and the crate the one thing I if you if you've never been up on a lift, um one of the things that people forget to tell you is that yes, it's safe, but uh it does sway a lot. Like oh there's still there's still a decent amount of movement when you're when you're that <laughs> high up. Um so if you're not, you know, if if you're not used to something like that, it can be it can be pretty scary. So you got to find an artist who is also comfortable. Artist. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A little bit of a daredevil in order to you know tackle that that tall building yeah. project. I'm trying to think like, like what's the highest mural in the Quad Cities? Is it is it the Black Hawk mural? That's the one that that pops out in my mind. Um, that's 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 the one that I I would think of, but. Yeah, I yeah. could be wrong on yeah. that. Yeah, but I know, like, because you know, I visit LA a lot, and there they have murals all over the place, and some of those murals are like on like skyscrapers, just like like hundred feet in the air, two hundred feet in the air. Juan, that is that is my vision. That that's my vision. I would love somebody in the Quad Cities to be like, I just want the side of your building. Like, I would just, like just do the entire side of my building to just create that big like loud statement piece when you're, when you roll into Rock Island or Davenport yeah. or whatever yeah. the city is like, how, how cool would that be to see in our community? And uh, I know in downtown East Moline, there's mm. a huge Panther mural in, in downtown where it's, mm-hmm. it, it literally does take up like the entire side of a building, but the building's only two stories, two stories tall. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I'm always impressed just like uh, just with, with a lot of the, the, a lot of the murals that happen. I mean, there's, we have incredibly talented artists uh, in our community and in our region. So the more we can do to showcase them, I mean, it's, it's really a win-win. Good deal. So if I could, you don't mind, I I gotta ask this question. So (laughs) let's take Quad City Arts like way into the future. Okay. You're 31 Mm. years in, right? 1990, it, it was established. So over decades of time and all the different like, art mediums that have that people just creative people have developed so like you know chalk art like 10 years ago no one was listening to podcasts you know improv eventually was something somebody decided to do somewhere down the line like what do you think what kinds of arts do you think people are going to be making and consuming in another 30 40 50 years things that don't exist right now oh man uh the problem is is that they don't exist but i will say that there's there's some of the things that, that that we have talked about here and that you know we we sort of think about like it's it's how do you showcase certain arts or arts effectively uh and i think that one of the things that that we'll see more of and 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 we're already starting to see a glimpse of it and that's digital art i mean we're we're looking at especially a younger generation who is creating some really impressive um digital artwork and whether that's just you know uh you know, just like uh, on like in, in, in a computer, sometimes it's it's a it's an immersive world. It's a it's right. a video game. It's something like that. So what I think that that we're gonna see is, you know, uh, something I would I'd love to figure out how to create here. And we've sort of uh, we've got a, a working concept for is that uh, you know walking into an an, an empty gallery space um to where you're like whoa there's nothing on the wall you're like oh wait yeah it's all digital like here is an uh you know a vr headset so you're Ooh. you're looking at that or That'd something be pretty cool. you pull up yeah or something yeah. you look at you pull up on your phone and you're like 
looking at a, a 3D sculpture in your 3D physical space, um, but it's, you know, it's geomapped or in a way that you're, you're like physically have to walk around it, looking either through a VR headset or through your phone. So I think we're, we're going to see, see more like that. And we're already seeing a little bit of that with things like, uh, you know, the immersive Van Gogh exhibits that have popped up um, throughout the, really throughout a different place in the U.S. Uh, there was one in Chicago, Milwaukee. Um, so we're seeing some of those spaces, like those installations like that. Um, I think we're, we're going to see, see more of that. Um, as much as, you know, uh, I, I love and people do love, you know, the, the art on the wall aspect, um, people are looking for something that's a little more uh, experiential um, that, that they're, they are experiencing. So I think that that's, that's where some things are going to go. And I think it's, you know, I think even what I just said is going to be so like rudimentary. Somebody's going to come up with something at this uh, in a way and you're going to go, oh, yeah, this is, this is it. Um, and who knows, maybe in 30 years, the big thing will be uh, 2D art on the wall again. They'll be like, well, we went through our digital phase. Like we need to get back to the, you know, the 2020s and just have regular 2D art. The old days. <laughs> yeah. It'll be retro for them. It'll be, yeah. yeah. They'll still back Thursdays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I think, and I, you know, and, and I think the other thing I'll touch on is I think that, you know, what people are going to gravitate towards, and, and I think we're already gravitating towards it is, um, a, a sense of community and a sense of like experience. Um, I think we're going to see more art and more interactive art that has you, uh, working with one another or has you creating something with, um, someone else or creating something in real time. Because honestly, like right now, I think, well, Festival Trees uh, helps prove that is like people are craving to to get out and to be mm -hmm. around one another. And, you know, if most people, if they have their choice to, uh, you know, to like, I don't know, uh, to, to get stuff or to be able to go out and 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 do something with people, they're, a lot of times they're going to choose that that other aspect, being able to experience something they haven't experienced before. And honestly, if you can, you know, a lot of that is art space, but if you could at the end of that, walk away with, um, you know, something you created, uh, or to, to see something you created, uh, like on a, on a, on a mural or a sculpture, I think people are going to do it. Mm -hmm. So cool. So cool. Yeah. I know that like, I like how you mentioned digital and you mentioned video games as well. And like a, a really cool thing that I'm seeing a lot lately and like what the, what the gaming industry is really switching towards is they're actually bringing in like big actors and they're having them like act out in the games they're like they have them in like these crazy motion capture suits and they have mm. these big cameras in front of their heads so i think i think that's gonna we're gonna be seeing more of that is more of these cgi and more of these you know actors really you know, transitioning over into this this other realm because when you're dealing with games like they can make characters look however they want. They just need like a person to act like that. So you yeah. don't have to, like, so you don't have to fit into a mold for a certain look because they can find that from, from somewhere else. So I think it's crazy how, how they can piece together like all these different components to create exactly what they want. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it, it truly is an, an art form. I mean, that is, that is the culmination of science and technology. I mean, an art uh, in, in one area. I mean, being able to, 
to to create that not only that the technology um and or and then it's also just the 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 game aspect like the visual elements of it but also like the the written elements of uh, the storyline and and those kind of things um i mean yeah i mean some some games are are really really impressive and have created really impressive worlds to go along with them yeah yeah in such a short time that it's happened too yeah i think we're gonna be we're, we're gonna be seeing like more people who may not have been interested in games like start to to start to you know to try them out now because mm-hmm. uh, as we know we're on Twitch and this platform is used mainly for for gameplay live streams and you're we're seeing just so many people around the world are interested in this medium mainly for the stories now like usually it was like when I grew up in the nineties uh, it was all about you know the side scrollers and all that mm-hmm. it was just jumping on enemies and getting from one side of the screen to the other side of the screen. Well, now it's about the story and like you're playing the game so that you can learn more about the story and about the characters. And it makes you feel more like you're in this world. You're not, you're not just watching an, you know, on a big screen in, in your comfy chair, but you're actually like immersed. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and and you get to you know choose your own adventure. I mean, so you don't have to follow that that side scroller that you know very prescribed um, storyline. I mean, you can you know use it to discover other other parts of the the world or the map. And yeah, it's a uh, it. I'm I, I'm a fan. So <laughs> cool. Good deal. All right. Well, Katrina, do you have any any other questions here? We're gonna start wrapping up here pretty soon. Well, I just want to point out at the beginning of our conversation. I think there's very few people in this world who can actually take two interests and perfectly combine them into a career. And this is a, it's really cool. You know, I hope you share that with people. Like, I really want to be an actor, but I really love accounting too. How can I combine these two <laughs> things? You know, I mean, who gets to do that? It's, it's cool. You know, actually, one I think we discovered today is rock climber and painter. We there need we that. <laughs> yeah. So, Katrina, I, I will, I'll share a quick story. Uh, I, I, I do tell a lot of people that, you know, I, I was able to combine my two passions. Um, the embarrassing part is how long it took me to realize that um, <laughs> is because I, I, I went to, to Western Illinois University. I got my undergrad in, in accounting and I, I was working with an arts presenting organization on campus, like bringing artists in. And really, I was doing the business side of things because that's, that's what I was working on for school. Right. And when I, when I graduated my undergrad, I had no idea what I wanted to do or could do. And so my, my mentor and um, the head of that program um, basically offered me, offered to, to pay for my grad school if I just continued on in this, um, in a, in a position running the box office on campus that, you know, would pay for grad school. So I was like, yeah, yeah. mostly it was because like, I don't know what I want to do. And I was, I was a year and a half into my master's program. I was a a half a year away from, from graduating. And it honestly hit me then. It's like, Uh Oh, people do this in the real world. Like somebody Uh has to sign the contracts. And it was that one moment. And then I started looking at jobs like in the arts field. I was like, I don't know. Like I've been doing this for almost four years at that (laughs) point. And I was like, oh yeah, this isn't just a college thing. Like other people bring in artists too. (laughs) Right. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, you know, we all land these things at different paces. So 
it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Exactly. Like I, I needed to get to that point to, you know, get to here. So. Cool. So Kevin, how can people find you if they want to look you up on social media, learn more about Quad City Guards, apply for, for some of these grants and other programs? How can they get that information? Excellent. Yeah, honestly, the easiest way is, uh, is, is quadcityarts.com. Um, most of our social media is also at Quad City Arts. Uh, so you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, I believe we have a Twitter account, but it's probably best to focus on Facebook and, uh, and Instagram. Uh, and, you know, on our website, we also, you can sign up for our email um, as well. And so that email is, uh, you know, we, we really, we, we don't really spam you. Honestly, we give you a, a monthly email. And uh, if you're artists, uh, you will, if you're an artist, you'll soon be able to sign up um, for an artist specific uh, email on our website. And that's going to include things like, uh, you know, calls, uh, like calls for entry that are happening uh, in, in our region, uh, as well as, you know, some of that professional development stuff we talked about earlier. Uh, so again, um, that's something that, that will, you know, will go out monthly. With the email, we do occasionally put out more than once a month, uh, you know, if we've got a, a, a fun show or something coming up. But uh, if you get more than, if you're getting one, a, like a, one a day from us, uh, something's gone wrong on our end. So it's, uh, it's you know, we try to Keep it very much, uh, you know, here's what's happening in Quad City Arts. So yeah, quadcityarts.com, Facebook, and Instagram is where I would uh, push people mostly. And we, uh, we update that pretty religiously. I say we, but honestly, we've got a, a great marketer, uh, Alex, and she takes care of all that and lets people know how uh, uh, all the cool things we're doing. Awesome. Good stuff. And Katrina, what's your, all your handles and whatnot? Ah, yeah. So... I am on Instagram, uh, Kayan Lemansky, and my that's my maiden name. Uh, and then I've got a Facebook, Katrina Cuning, me and the husband in the profile picture. Um, not much on the Twitter these days, so I will uh, I'll save that one. But yeah, I'm out there. Awesome stuff. Well, good deal. Well, Katrina, thank you for hopping on and being a awesome co-host. Hopefully, you'll decide to, to come back for some more awesome podcasts in the future. Thanks for inviting me, Juwan. This is a really fun time and I would be more than happy to join you on any other podcast awesome. project. Awesome. And Kevin, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast and uh, just chatting with us about everything you have going on with the uh, Quad City Arts. Excellent. Well, thank you, Juwan. Thank you, Katrina. I've, I've, I had a great time. Thanks for uh, giving me an opportunity to, to share that with everybody. And everyone at home, thank you for checking out another episode of the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. Stay follow to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube so you know exactly what our next episode is going to drop. Thank you all again. Wishing you peace, prosperity, and positivity. Take care of yourselves, and as always, keep it 100. Mm -hmm.